Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Minute, where we get the opinions of a generation. Today we discuss, what is a millennial, with Boris Messitz. Alright, so I guess a good place to start is what is the Millennial Minute? Who is it directed at? Like, what's the meaning of the Millennial Generation? Do you have any ideas what you think about Millennials? Um, honestly, when I think Millennials, I think 1990s. Okay. Because certainly uh, people that grew up in the 1990s, a lot of those people are Millennials. Those are the oldest Millennials, though, because that's sort of like the uh, the oldest... Re- it's like 1985, right? Normally, the way I, I define Millennials is that... It's where technology became, the advent of technology at the start of the 21st century became a good uh, portion of their professional life. Yeah, so that would be, what, like 15, 20 years old. Right, so I would say people that are normally considered millennials are the people who were in mid-college or their early professional career. Those are millennials who like... At at, the turn of the century. At the turn of the century. Okay, so that basically means that they were kids during the 90s and yeah. so things that they were nostalgic for th- now that they are you know producing things in the media mm-hmm. or you know they, they are actually starting to you know reach the highest potential of their careers that's what we perceive as nostalgic these days exactly. it's stuff that happened in the 90s because the millennials are the people who are just now getting to the peak of their careers and since like we're talking about nostalgia, right? So you really like music and stuff, and I feel like I don't really have a full understanding of what it means to have music as a subculture of who you are and like defining you. And I know a lot of people consider that as kind of era defining. The music defines the era, some people. So do you have anything to say about how you define different generations on that? Well, I think every generation, obviously there are different ways to define generations. But every generation usually has like a musical era associated with it. And that musical era has a certain emotion or a certain theme associated with it. So, so like rock and roll? Um, sure, that's reaching pretty far back okay. before I really knew what was going on. Like, I really don't know much about early rock and roll. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would think like uh, Chuck Berry, but it honestly goes back well before him. Um, but okay, I would mainly think 1960s or late 1960s, yeah, counterculture and then early 90s, um, alternative music, uh, kind of coincided with this sort of, a, a special brand of pessimism that a lot of young people were feeling at the time. Okay. So I kind of understand that. So when you mentioned counterculture, what I immediately, the, like the stereotypical counterculture musical movement is rock and roll. No. I, I, I do not agree with Incorrect. that. Incorrect. Okay, so what would it be? Rock and roll is a 1950s phenomenon. Right. Yeah. Counterculture, well, it's maybe early 60s, you know, you see the, the roots of that, but it's like, okay, psychedelic music, Woodstock, anti Vietnam War. Oh, okay. I mean, the Vietnam okay. War, yeah. like people weren't really paying attention to that much in the United States until kind of the later 60s. Um, and the peace movement, um, the British invasion, so Beatles, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Kinks, uh, they were kind of 
that same era. So what makes something counterculture? Because when I think of Led Zeppelin, Beatles, I think mainstream. I don't really under, but I guess that's now, that's these days. What, why, what made them counterculture back then? Um, well, think about it this way. Like, whatever's mainstream music right now doesn't necessarily represent the way that most people live. You know? Uh, agreed. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know much about the pop charts these days, but um, I guess... It's, it's I, I'd say, like early 2000s was primarily pop punk, if that's where we want to go. Early 2000s pop punk? I would say that's primarily... It was, it was club music that was that's, dominating. Yeah, fair enough. Punk, punk is a, an 80s genre that lives on but not really in the the top 10 of the charts every year yeah like i said don't know much about music punk is like clash and yeah i don't i honestly don't know too much about punk because i don't know much about the 80s everyone loves the 80s i don't like the 80s all right well i guess what's more important is with that counterculture movement how do you think that defined the generation well, because it was connected to political and... Well, so the music was connected to political and cultural events that were going on. So people... Um, after World War II, there was a general feeling of optimism. There was lots of economic growth. There was the rise of this feeling of individual freedom that people had. So everyone wanted to go out and buy their own house, you know, start a family. That's where we get the baby boomers from. It's from that period of post-war optimism in the 1950s. And that there's a huge growth in suburbs, in consumerist culture. By the time the late 1960s rolled around, a big chunk of the American population was just sick of that. And they were sick of the sort of... The way I perceive it is some people just saw that as like fake. You know, the, the sort of happy-go-lucky, consumerist, very um, idealist American family values thing that we associate today with very old people. You know, like family values, hardline Christian conservatism. And so that was when, like, that was the first, like, major rebellion against that, where, where people saying, no, 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 let's, we're not all about... Christian values. We're not all about um, America as a world military power. We're not all about this like friendly, harmless music. You know, we want to hear something a bit more dangerous, you know, and we want to experiment more. You know, we want more, uh, I guess, social liberalism. You know, we want. Yeah, so gays and women. Right. And the civil rights movement and drugs and all of these things. Right. So I guess my the main question that we're trying to figure out in this podcast is, is music working in isolation to define the culture? But while you were mentioning all this stuff, you talked about the economic growth during World War, after post-World War II, we talked about the social values changing, the cultural values changing. And certainly music plays a huge role in cultural values, but do you think it's the only thing that plays a role in cultural values? Um, I don't really think it uh, so much affects or, or drives cultural changes as much as it just reflects it very well. You can kind of, that's what I meant uh, when you can kind of gain an emotional or a, a thematic feel of a generation just by looking at their music because so often it's kind of reflected that way. Okay. So 
it's very reflective, but you don't think it causes. It doesn't have any causal. Not qualities. so much. Um, well, I think what causes cultural change is. I mean, it can be anything. I mean, it can be just major changes in the world. Right. There's a Pew Research study out right now that talks about how millennials are defined purely by age gaps, and they define 1985 to 1996 to be the age of millennials, and nobody beyond... For the birth years. For the birth years of millennials, and nobody born before that could be necessarily considered a millennial. This is what actually inspired this conversation, because I wasn't really sure I agreed with that. I also don't know what we would use to like draw that line because I don't think age should be the primary consideration for a generation because there are people within a generation who don't relate to each other in any way, shape or form. They might not experience the same things. They might not go through the same um, traumas as other generations because we really shouldn't consider, we can't consider them as isolated specs. I think it's honestly impossible to give characteristics to define an entire generation. I guess. Age is the only thing that you could do, which is why they went for it. Well, I think as time progresses, that becomes less and less true because you really have to think about the huge impact that culture and media has on our lives as like time goes on. And if we're talking about what, what most people are thinking about, what most people spend their time doing, what people feel what their opinions on things are, that's often fairly, the trends are fairly uniform over a fairly large region. Whether you want to say that like generations apply to the whole United States, that's maybe arguable. They certainly don't apply to the entire world. Correct, yeah. Um, but certainly large regions of the United States, there's a pretty like homogenous trend in, in what people are thinking. I mean, that's true whether you're speaking culturally or, or any other sort of aspect of human life. Right. So I guess my thing was I would like to apply the generation classifications as broadly as possible geographically. I'd like to see the most impact for the most amount of people. And I would say that technology most often is the thing that defines a generation because I think only like there are of course impoverished areas that don't have access to technology but if we're just talking primarily the developed world technology is what joins us together as a nation and it is what helps us communicate and nobody's really isolated in the expansion of technology you can't really have people with mainstream technology not have an understanding of what's going on so why does your definition of generation not apply to developing countries it doesn't not apply to developing countries, but it's far, because sometimes developing countries don't have access to the same level of technology, but it's certainly a much broader reaching scope than I would say the music, music is, because as we discussed already, music is primarily descriptive rather than causal. I'm saying, I'm arguing that and technology is causal. it only applies to a certain few countries, really. I mean, Generally, when I well, when I think about music, I'm thinking the the Atlantic, you know, or, so like America and Western Europe, pretty right. much. Right, and it. that's what you normally but, think of. But there are cultural changes occurring that are right, very relatively independent of all that. There was a huge in developing Indian music. Yeah, there was like a huge Indian music development within the 1970s to 1980s, but. 
again, that's what I think. Music is very descriptive of the area where it's taking place, which is why I was trying to figure out something that could help describe a generation, the world throughout, which is... But, but that, I feel like it sort of loses some meaning because what unifies everyone on earth born at a certain time? Nothing. I guess that's why they go for age. Well, well, okay, yes, you can also unify them by the fact that they're on the same planet. Yes, they are born at the same time. Right. But I'm saying, in addition to the fact that they're born at the same time, why is it useful to speak about a people or a, all the people born at a certain time collectively? I guess I don't really see a purpose, which is why I was disagreeing with the There's fact no that purpose. there should be a classification like that. But, but generations but like that, they're not saying like, oh, that, that person born in Indonesia in the year 1990, oh, he's a millennial. You don't really hear that, do you? Because Indonesia is not part of the cultural sphere of influence that's very true, but you also don't hear too much tell of the word millennial abroad either. Like even in Western European nations, millennial isn't a mainstream term to throw around. Like even if you, if that Indonesian uh, child came to America and started interacting with American people, uh, American students and stuff, he would be called a millennial yeah. once he was here. It's primarily an American definition, exactly. but people try to apply it the world over. Do they? Yeah, the age group thing is what drives it, which is why I disagree that it needs to even be present well if a generation is defined by how people feel and what opinions they have and just all these qualities of someone's life that seem linked somehow where otherwise you wouldn't expect so many similarities between a bunch of people born at the same time if that's the case that you know there are these similarities between all these people you definitely can't apply that to any place on the world. It definitely applies to certain regions. Right, okay. So I guess just taking a quick loop back to technology before we finish up with it, why at the turn of the 21st century with, uh, I guess, let's, I recently watched Steve Jobs' uh, presentation of the original iPhone recently. And honestly, I was kind of blown away even now. I was, I was watching his presentation. I was like, this feels like something tangible, like a tangible change in the fundamental nature of how the world is going to be structured for like the next few decades. And that's what kind of got me thinking about what does it really mean to be a millennial? Because before the iPhone came out, there were phones, there were things, but it didn't really end up becoming an entertainment device until after the fact. And typically, if you think of a millennial, do you think of uh, kids with even though most millennials probably don't fall under this because we discussed the age group was 1985 to 1996 born time, would you agree that you imagine most millennials as smartphone-wielding smartphone people that walk around? I mean, today, yeah. Right, yeah, and, but like, we also have to consider that some millennials now are in their 30s. They're, they're pushing their 30s right now. So is it fair to describe them? Because the iPhone definitely wasn't out when they were, um, I mean, it was out when they were like in their early college years, right. I assume, or their mid to late college years. And that's what I'm talking about. The advent of technology kind of shaped how they interact with the people around them. And I guess if we're limiting it to just America, I think that generally you can't, 
you can't describe a people without describing their technology. You can't describe the Romans without describing their aqueduct system. It's it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah, but the technology affects different cultures in different ways. Okay. So yeah, you can link like the whole world based on what technology they have, right. but that's not really going to influence how they use it, or that's not going to describe how they use it or how it changes their lives necessarily. So I think that people in Sub-Saharan Africa mm -hmm use technology very differently than we do. And as a result, their culture and their life is different than ours. And so just because they have an iPhone, which has changed their lives considerably, or that they have uh, telephone infrastructure and they have the internet and they have Facebook, which they use to facilitate commerce, that doesn't necessarily bring them into the same category as you and I in any meaningful way. don't 100% know if I agree with that. I think that the fact that they... Because, okay, let's just say we were reading a textbook and we were looking through the history of the world 40 years from now, and we were looking back. What would be the primary things that would be mentioned about the early 2000s to, say, let's, let's just say 2005 to 2015? That's let's, a really good question. Um, and I, I mean, I, I know I'm going out... Certainly, yeah. Yeah. The, the beginning of the iPhone. Right. So, and okay, actually, you know what? I would like to push it beyond like 2005. I'd like to push it all the way back to 2000 because there was a major event that impacted at least American world history. And I would say national, uh, international world history, which was 9-11. Because first of all, uh, for obvious reasons, it impacted many Americans and their sense of security in the government and how things were run. The stock market crash following, uh, like, by... Um, what was it, seven years later, also impacted how people like held their money, the recession, the Great Recession, how people held their money, how they spent it, all that stuff. And in between all that time, it got us into a couple of wars. And that impacted how people view America as a nation in terms of their military prowess and what they're willing to do. Other countries, um, there's been wars everywhere. It's impacted the world over that one event. And I think that is something that 40 years from now in the textbook, we'll look back and be like, that defined a generation. It defined the world. So the, the yeah. event of 9-11 right. itself. Well, it, it has far-reaching impacts politically, yes. Um, and I'd say socially as well. The, the social impacts, I think, are just far more indirect and diluted. In what way? So, I would think that the biggest social impact would have to be... So, the, well, the result of 9-11 was that uh, Bush evaded Iraq. And that that was a sort of conservative decision, and it didn't go very well, and the public reaction to it wasn't very good, and that caused... or that allowed a liberal swing in the government and, and in the public opinion politically, which be combined with Obama's character and optimism sort of brought forth uh, a period of relative, like a minor blip of liberalism that trickled down into social issues and how people felt a little bit. That's, oh. that's about as, as strong a okay. connection I can draw with what what my opinions about myself, the world, 
politics, those, that's the strongest connection I can draw between 9-11 and my actual experience. Okay, so um, I guess we do, do you mind if I tell them where you're from? Yeah. Okay. So you were actually in like North Carolina during 9-11. Well, I don't remember, you don't, so it doesn't make right. much of so a difference. Right, so I have personal connections. My, my father actually was working in the World Trade Center uh, up until the week before 9-11 happened, which is kind of rattling to think about the odds of his project ending at that time. It's, uh, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's also like, it made it more of a personal impact for me and I could see the impact while living in New York for all the other people around me. And it definitely like beyond that, even reading in like, I don't know, uh, AP US history textbook, the first thing that they talk about is primarily how it brought people together. It brought everybody together. And I don't know how much that affects the West Coast. I'm sure the West West Coast and the East of the East, the Northeast of the East Coast were very brought together. They formed very tight knit societies, but I'm not really sure how it affected the Midwest. I'm not familiar enough with the area. And I could see you, I could see why you would say that it doesn't have a overall impact and only impacts in certain areas. So there. again, it definitely had a huge impact on America politically. But I'm thinking, if we're talking about generations, if people are talking about, oh, that person is a baby boomer, what, what do you think of when you think of baby boomer? What was the meaning of the word baby boomer? Well, it uh, has connotations with certain opinions, certain political views, sure, but also what kind of music they listen to. What are they likely to be into? Right, so I like, completely agree. So, when you're thinking about that, those types of qualities that people today largely have, those seem largely unaffected by 9-11. Even though our, the political repercussions of it are still here, that doesn't like percolate fully into what we normally consider a generation to be defined by. I finished my sentence with a preposition, but I... Still, okay, still I'm, I'm trying to see. Point. I'm trying to see exactly what you're saying. It's, it's just I generally like what we discussed. I think that all the systems and men, things that you're mentioning are all results. They're they're descriptors of the generation, but they're not what defines a generation. By define, I mean it's what causes the creation of that generation. What causes the what what people would associate with that generation forever. And I guess with music, you could say that that is a fundamental tenet of how it was a representation of how okay. the values of the time so, were. So I think your definition is if you turn the history textbook to when those people were alive, what would you read about? And I don't think that's what most people think about when they're talking about generations. They're talking about that person belongs to that generation. I hate that person because he's a millennial. He's on his phone all day. He listens to weird music. Those are things that are not political opinions. Those are just larger cultural values. And if someone says, oh, if someone 40 years from now looks back and says, oh, turns the page to 2001, and sees 9-11. That was one of the most significant events of the beginning of the 21st century. Then they look at a person who was born around 2001. Are they going to say, wow, I can really tell that that person survived 9-11? No, they're going to be like, wow, that person watched, watches YouTube for fun all day because that's one of the cultural values. I don't know if it is, maybe. Or that person... 
I'm not a, a like a functioning member of my generation. I don't really participate in my generation's culture that much. They listened to the Biebers and the Kanye's. Oh, that was day. good. I, I right. really, I really felt, I really felt all of that. That was exactly. Good. So that's what they're gonna say about the kid, and that's what they're gonna mean when they say that person belongs to that generation. Okay. I actually agree with you. I think that that's a great way to define things. What I disagree with is, do you think that's how like people like the Pew Research Center define these things? Do you think they take into that, take that stuff into account? Or are they just like, how did we draw that line for the 1985? Oh, it was completely arbitrary. They were around 20 years old at that time. Okay, so when we're talking about generations, I mean generations... As Do you mean like you, defined, your parents, and your grandparents' generation? Generations as, no, generations as defined by people who feel like they should categorize people. If any, <laughs> if, if, if any research exists based on where these lines should be drawn, it's meaningless because generations don't exist. It's I'm glad we're on the continue. same page about that. Unless literally no one is born for a 10-year period, then generations are meaningless. I, I completely agree with that. I'm trying to figure out how we could possibly like justify them doing this. Like, is there oh, anything? Okay. Yeah, is there anything we can make that would make it seem like, oh, 1985 was a great cutoff date for the millennials. Right. Um, that's actually, that's a different but a good question. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're researching. If you're researching cultural trends, which I think most people who try to look at generations are trying to research, then I don't think you should look at 9-11 or I don't think you should look at the recession. Actually, the recession is more debatable as far as its impact on culture. But if you're talking about people's political views, which is a subset of culture, then yes, I think 9-11 might be a good cutoff date. Were you like aware of the world at the time 9-11 occurred, that might strongly influence your views for a long time. Huh. Then it would be a good idea maybe to look at, at, I don't know, 1993 or four as a cutoff date for the 9-11 generation or something. Because I'm certainly not part of that generation. I don't remember that event. It's interesting. Um, I don't know. I feel like there have been defining era things that happened while we were... Okay, so uh, this, is, this is much less serious than 9-11, but when Pluto stopped being a planet, how old were we? We were in fifth grade, fourth grade? I certainly remember that. I don't right. remember how old I was. You were in, we were in fifth grade. It was 2008. Eight is fourth grade. Yeah, yeah, eighth is fourth grade. So, um, <laughs> I was just clearly giving our age out to the internet. I'm 19. I was born on May 29th. His social security number <laughs> is. <laughs> All right. Um, so, <laughs> just, just so you guys are aware, that's like, that's where I come from. <laughs> um, okay. So, I guess Pluto not being a planet anymore, I, I think. Was that where, at what point do you describe yourself as being fully conscious about changes in the world? Because I don't think I would, we remember that because that's continuously been like something that we, when we're discovering exoplanets and stuff, that's completely something that comes back. Why isn't Pluto considered a planet? Oh, it's a dwarf planet, something like that. There's always classifications and reasons why things are the way they are. With 9-11, that came up one time. The repercussions of 9-11 definitely lasted us throughout the years, but 9-11 itself was a one-time event. Do you think that we would have remembered, do you think it has the same impact as, that's a horrible way to phrase it, I don't think Pluto has the same impact <laughs> as 9-11, ever. But um, 
Do you think that it's astronomically it's more? No, no, stop! We cannot say that. That is getting cut. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> I think my bit's getting cut too. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. God okay. damn! You literally you wanted to talk about nine eleven for ten minutes. Uh, this is uh, such a minefield, actually. I mean, I've just been watching. I've been, I've, I've been being pretty careful. I've been watching your words. I've been watching my words. Okay. Um, We've just been like. Pretty you were uh, you were getting so pretty close. We went right around okay. that without any yeah. issues. Um, but now we have issues, and so we'll cut that out. It has really transformed how security is handled at airports. Right. That's which yeah, is yeah. something a lot of us have to deal with a lot. Right. And I still can't. It's okay, not a, yeah, a yeah. huge part of our daily lives, but it that is certainly a a cultural. Um, component is traveling is certainly defined mm -hmm. by the events um, following 9-11. Right, and you don't think that's a social change? I, it is a social change. Okay, okay. A slight, uh, you know, uh, I guess not maybe, a, a maybe full, coming a from the direct. Northeast, like spending my entire life in the Northeast, is kind of different from you haven't really spent much time in the Northeast, like living there, if at all, correct? Um... N no. No, it's no. it's been primarily Midwest, Alaska, North Carolina, the South. South, South and Alaska. Right, South and Alaska. It's it's kind of different in the Northeast. It's like, I don't think anybody talks about it, but it it's very much like a portion of our childhood. It's it's something that defines us individuals. But that's and not just New Yorkers. I spent a good portion of my life in Pennsylvania. That still defines us there. Like it's. I guess we don't really see the difference because the further away you were from the event the less impact it had on you, I, I guess. I guess, yeah. I, I, I mean, always assume that everybody obvious. had to, yeah. But I think, I think what you're basically saying, even if you don't mean to, is that there's a, a regional generational. Right, that, that's, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like, you could define generations in that region that way if you wanted to. Right. But you can't define generations in California that way. Okay, so I guess the next Weirdly. obvious question is, What's the difference between defining generations in certain countries versus defining uh, generations in certain states, I guess? Well, because America, as diverse as it is, is a lot more homogenous than, like, the Western world. Because culture is very different as you move sure. from yeah. the UK to France to Germany. Well, especially between the UK to America. Um, and there are all kinds of cultural changes happening all over the world that we really are unaware of um, in places where the, there's a huge population, there's all kinds of demographic shifts, um, technological changes going on, mostly in like developing places like uh, India, China, and Brazil. And they really deserve their own generational treatment. Obviously, I don't really agree with the idea of generations at all. I'm I, saying don't, I don't think want... either of us agree with this. We're just trying to figure right. out. We're not what... arguing over whether, like, yeah. it's a I scientific concept. I think we're both pretty agreed that millennial is a very, very obtuse term that really shouldn't be used to describe a certain gap of people, unless we have some things that clearly define what a millennial is. Well, my problem with generation is that what if you're born kind of in between two generations? Mm -hmm. Then you're going to have a pretty good mix of the two generations. Right. Because most of the time, these big cultural changes aren't really hard lines, right? 
on that note though, I think that's what like people who define generations by age gaps are trying to do. They're trying to figure right. out the two biggest groups of social like people like the cultural evolutions of two different people and they're merging the lines as close as possible to each well, other. Well they're they're trying to find okay, there's a, a major cultural event here and another one here. Let's give that's them ten years on either away. side and right. say So what did they pick 1985? Exactly, that's that's my issue. I don't know anything that arbitrary. happened in 1985, 1986 that was so incredibly. Like I said, I hate well, the 80s, again, again, so I don't know. What again, happened let's not think about it like that. It's not who. It's not what defined what happened in 1985. It's what happened 10 years, 15 years after 1985, because there's no point in defining an age when you are born. If the, so it's right, a, it's an right, age right, thing right. when you're born. So that's true. So, I mean, but we define millennials so based that's on when what they, they that's did. That's when they defined it then. Yeah, we base or we define millennials based on what they did in their twenties and thirties. So we can even go further than ten or thirty years. Um, Wait, can you explain that? What do you and mean? Because we don't uh, culture isn't who runs culture. Who's in charge of what the cultural trend is at the time? Mainly younger people, or they they have a role in, I guess, pop culture, but more mainstream culture is like 30, 30 year olds, but also um, news media has a big impact on that. And that's kind of run by an old, so like different parts of culture are run quote unquote by different age groups, but we really don't care what 10 year olds Wait, think. So, so this is a little different. I know it's a little off the millennial topic, but culture wise, are you saying that the producers of quote unquote like media or like something like that, would you say an artist, like a music artist, they are what culture should be defined by or the people who listen to the the music that the artist puts out? Because well, that's different. That depends on, are is it the 30 year olds creating the culture or is it the 15 year olds well, listening to the you'd, music? You'd think it would be different, but it turns out that there's a lot of shared beliefs and shared emotions. I guess that's why they call them. So would you consider a 30 year old actor right now a millennial? Most likely, right? Uh, 1985? Yeah, 1980? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think much about the term. Honestly, yeah. I, I always, I thought it meant people my age for the longest time. So did I. That's why I like saw this, like uh, my mom sent me this link and I was like, wait, I don't actually fall into this age gap. What am I? <laughs> and actually, no, when I first heard millennials, I thought it was people born after the millennia changed. And that I makes thought, so much more sense. <laughs> Why don't we do that? That makes so much more sense. Because, because though the difference, and I feel like there is kind of a, a good reason. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's not, a, it's not a strong, sudden cultural event, right. but it was a strong cultural feature of that fuzzy area of time, which was these kids literally never remember a time where there wasn't computers everywhere, right? Right, so that's what and I'm- And so yeah. that's a pretty major, and like they can get entertainment at any time for free. That's a major culture, like suddenly they're getting media in a whole new way. They're communicating with other people in a whole new way. That might be grounds for a generational change, but you can't like put a year on when it began. Okay. And so that's my problem with the, the way when I see those lists in my mind, I know you don't 100% adhere to like tech technology is the defining trait of a generation, but it's, yeah, go ahead, yeah but, but to go on from that, it's, it's primarily what I think is people who had the advent of like 2005, 2008 technology, like portable laptops became more useful. I, we had the iPhones coming out, all of those things that involved like using technology for business purposes, personal purposes as well. Like having the ability to, it wasn't a luxury to have 
still a luxury, but it wasn't as much of a luxury to have a personal laptop or an iPhone as it would have been even five years ago. So I guess how I define it is people who had access to technology in their late college years to early professional years are the ones who are millennials. People like us who got access to that technology, I guess, in between our like elementary school and middle school year. So I'd say like fourth to seventh grade. While we were developing. While we were developing. And I think that's, that's really important. But I think there's one more thing that we're missing. My little brother's generation who had access to technology, iPads, iPhones, by the time they were like, I don't know, like, the, like my brother doesn't have his own iPhone, but he had a family tablet that he started using when he was like two. Exactly. It's, it's so pivotal to their development these days that it's fundamentally different from our development. I would agree. Yeah, well, we don't know because your bro- little brother isn't fully developed yet and we don't know what he <laughs> That does not sound good. <laughs> your little brother is, how old is he? He's, oh God, how old am I? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, to be fair, He's in ninth grade right now. Okay, so he's, Tenth grade. he's yeah. n- unless he's like one of those like 15 year old Instagram stars, he hasn't quite had much of an impact on culture yet, or he doesn't, he isn't part of a group that has much influence on culture yet. So we don't really know what the impact of having an iPad since you're two has on how your generation feels and the opinions it has and its political views. Okay, I would, disagree with that almost entirely okay. only because I, I I think our fundamental disagreement here isn't does it define a generation but more so is the fact that these Instagram models are putting out stuff is are they the cultural change no I think it's all the people who have access to those iPhones and iPads now making those people famous I think the culture is defined by fans I don't think the culture is ever defined because you can't define a culture by one person you define culture by many people and so I think the f- fact that people are now going on and doing all these things, that's why we were saying before, I wouldn't consider the 30-year-old music player or the movie star to be the culture mainstream. I would consider the people who go and watch his movies or listen to her music. That's, I mean, that's an interesting point, but I don't really see why it changes the definition here. Or I don't the, know if it the changes company. the definition of millennial, but I think it changes how we define culture. I think culture well, should, if we define culture in a certain way. So what does way, this have to do with your little brother? You're saying that your, bro- your little brother is defining culture because he's a consumer already. I'm not sure my little brother spends 90% of his time on Instagram or Snapchat, but I do know a lot of his friends do. And I think that okay. is a pivotal role. Like, so they are producing culture. They, they, yeah, they definitely put out pictures of themselves out there, but also. No, I mean like they are producing culture by consuming. Right, exactly. And I think that's an important thing because we didn't do that when we were younger. We weren't making these child stars because think about how weird it would be if you had an adult like I don't know liking like a 17 year old's like Instagram photo it's the people like I guess middle school elementary school they're the people who make things but but people in the 1920s read all these little paperback books from the big author at the time so aren't those people therefore can like can uh contributing to the culture because they're consuming media even though they're not creating anything of their right. own. And I think that's what's important. Back then, everybody put out books. Let's say like 10 people put out books, everybody put out one person who got really famous. It was because their book was in like 
everybody was like, oh, let's talk about this book. Let's read this book. Let's do this book. And that's what made it famous. And that's what defined the culture because everybody wanted that book or thought it was the best book. Or it didn't even have to be the best written book. It was just the book that like struck home to most people, which is what helps you define a culture based on media. Yeah, but if it if it strikes home, right, mm-hmm. for all those people, then clearly that book is is meaningful to all those people, and therefore it whatever's in that book, whatever themes it has, is kind of representative of all those people. I, I guess sorry, I guess I didn't make my point clear. My point was that that book is a litmus test. You can use that book to figure out what the culture is. Whatever lasts from generation to generation can be used as an accurate estimate of what was important to the people then. I mean, I fully agree. I thought you were disagreeing with that point. I just, I don't disagree with that point. I disagree that other people don't define generations by that way and how we can, because that's all like subculture. Again, like that book might've been famous in England, but it's not famous in America. Like it, I agree, but also like, it's not useful information, I don't think. Mm. Well, I, I don't agree with that. I think one piece, like one song, one book, one painting can sum up a whole generation fairly well. That's, that's a lot of pressure on one book, one painting. I mean, it is. If you, okay, let's, what's a generation that, like, okay, let's talk about our parents' generation. Would you have anything to say about what artwork or what book or what music because I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, like you would consider this like a like a party anthem or something like that. I think that that's sort of the the the, the label I'm looking for. So any song that has that sort of recognition that it's like you hear this all the time that this is the song that defined a generation or this is the the movie that everybody in this generation grew up with you know that that those are the types of media that i'm thinking of i mean i don't know if i want to like actually name anything because okay i'm afraid well, i'll be forgetting something that describes it let's, better let's just take it from information that we more so know because i guess technically if according to that study we're not considered millennials we must be considered the Generation Z or I, I generation, that's what some people call it. But I, that's what I'm saying. I don't fully feel like I belong to that generation because that wasn't always what we had. Like I distinctly remember times in my life where I was like, oh, guess I can't do anything. Like the computer wasn't like something that I went on like every day when I was little. Like it was like maybe once a week if I had the time, I'd go on like miniclip.com and play a game or two. Well, there are people that, that don't like going on computers today for entertainment. Um, I mean, there are obviously they lots of the, people. Uh, yeah. There are lots of people that exist outside of mainstream culture, and that's fine. But there are plenty of people that are like normal. So ma- does mainstream culture define culture? <laughs> does mainstream media and stuff define culture, or it defines it, the generations? Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Just so we're clear on that. I'm sure there was like a guy who was really into. I don't know, rap in the 1960s. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but they certainly didn't define culture back then. I actually don't think there was a single person into rap in the 1960s. I've not seen Hamilton. It's been around since the 1700s. Before. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on now. Um, all right. So I guess all in all, like we have to kind of agree that culture has a huge impact on what defines a generation, but maybe it isn't all that defines a generation. And it certainly isn't what a lot of these research companies are looking at to define a generation, which is something they maybe should be doing instead of just 
trying to define a time period that doesn't interfere with other age groups. I, I guess we have definitely the cultural influence that we were just discussing, all of that. We have the musical influence, which we, we kind of like agreed is more representative of the time. It's, it's very similar to cultural influence. Would you disagree with that? We, well, we I, think, I think an artist has a causal impact on where the bounds of a generation are. But the musical landscape as a whole is generally reflective because that artist belongs to their generation and they're just the person who most successfully expresses the feelings and opinions and views of that entire group. And so someone would have come along and sung that song. The, mm. the, the generation would have found some anthem to get yeah, behind, behind and yeah. represent. So I guess, all in all, we really haven't come up with an answer to what defines being a millennial. Well, we've, we've agreed that generations aren't well-defined. They're kind of like the, Would the you species, say that they're, they're like the species problem right. in biology. Exactly. Where what the definition is totally depends on where you draw, <laughs> on where you draw your first arbitrary line. line. So would you agree that it's borderline impossible to define a generation? No, it's easy. It's just meaningless. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. So I guess culture, technology, and music like all play a role, but God, if we know what the results are. All right. Research is not conducted, real research is not conducted based on any definition of generations in terms of like millennials and whatnot. But it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. That's basically the, the extent of where the usefulness of millennials is. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to all of the articles we talked about today. You can find us on Twitter at Pod Millennials if you'd like to suggest any topics for future episodes. Thanks for listening.